0: It's so revealing. My mom said once said something very powerful to me, which is, is that you can really see the level of somebody's character somebody as he goes through a crisis. And, and I think that's, that's really telling. Now, the same thing can be said about a political party, political a leader, or, uh, whether, whether that's a governor or a or mayor or president, or, or president of any political party or otherwise, just anybody. anybody. How, how, how do they, they comport themselves during a crisis? And I think think we're we're seeing, of of course, a major crisis here. This is, as as the word we hear all the time time now, is unprecedented, right? And by by the way, my daughter daughter the other day, was we were watching the news, and and she said, you know, Dad, what what does the word word unprecedented (laughs) mean? She
1: She had had heard it so many times
0: in the context of this this coronavirus crisis that she she wanted to figure it out. out. So, of course, I explained it to her. Um, I, I explained it to it like her when when Ariadne goes no, nuts. That's, that's what unprecedented, unprecedented means. I, I think that's a fair description, description you. don't you?
1: Well, are you saying that because I never go nuts? <laughs> you always go nuts. Well, then how's that unprecedented? That's <laughs> daily. That's, that's chronic.
0: Good. I'm kidding. All
1: right, <laughs> so, so let's, let's get, get back. back oh, to you, to were, the, you were you were uh, using the exaggeration of the understatement. Yes. Right? Ah, that's I was, unprecedented. I was using understatement is a form of
0: expression. <laughs> that's unprecedented. Yes, I've never done that before. All, all right, right so, so it really there's so, so much that, that is revealed in this process. So, look, I mean, one the of the thing, things, it, first, first of all, you, you see hysteria. hysteria. That, we, we, we've, we've always, always known about the left, but, but boy, is it coming out today. today. You, you can't, can't reason with these people. You start talking about, look, you know, you know the obvious uh, thing, thing right? We've we got, got to compare this to, to the flu. You've got to compare this to other diseases. You've got to compare this to car accidents, for that matter. In America, you got to compare this to uh, cancer, cancer and heart heart disease. You got to compare it to suicide, suicide. Um, and and, and then, then and then ask you yourself whether or not I it justifies shut shutting down, down the entire country. country. But, but let's make no mistake, mistake about this: the shutting down of the entire country is an extreme response. It is a hysterical response. It may do something, but it's a little bit like uh, I don't know, a monster is chasing you, and you decide to. Just throw yourself over a cliff. You know that's one way of avoiding the monster, I suppose. But it's it's probably destructive. The monster won't get you, yeah. But you're dead anyway. Wasn't that from
1: Life of Brian when they go to save Jesus, uh, Brian, on the cross, and it's a crack suicide squad? Yes, right. And they will kill it themselves before they save him, kind of thing.
0: Well, yes, it, it's, it's not a perfect metaphor, but I like but something the, like that. It's uh, no. How yeah. about my monster reference? I think it, it is. It's yeah. it's what it is, and. And so you see the hysterical response, and not once do they say – and this is another emblematic thing that you see about the Democrats or about liberals, generally speaking – is that they don't care to see – they don't ask the question of, is there a cost to what we propose, right? So they, they shut down the entire country, and not once do I see any serious Democrats saying, we've got to weigh this against uh, you know, the loss of our, our entire economy. But that, I mean, you just don't hear that. You hear it from Trump. You hear it from quite a few Republicans. I think it's a legitimate question to ask. You don't say let's let's stop this virus at any expense, right? But this is what we're doing. We're doing it at at any expense. It, it's spare no no cost whatsoever to defeat this horrible coronavirus., right, it's like
1: after nine eleven. Um, imagine if Bush said, we're shutting down all air travel for ten years.
0: Yeah. That's one way oh of avoiding. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right.
1: right. At least air terrorism. The other the the big unanswered question in my mind though, that I think is even bigger is this is illegal. Okay, yeah. now they have all the guns, they have all the badges, they have all the authority, so what are we gonna do? Argue with a cop arresting you while you're walking on the beach? But First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment. How is this not the greatest blow through of constitutional protections of everyone ever? And, and when will the recourse be? Is the Supreme Court, after when these lawsuits finally get there in 15 years, just going to say, well, uh, I know what the First Amendment says, but
0: crisis? Right, exactly. The First Amendment that you're talking about is because there's, there's a uh, freedom of association, Yes, so that's the and redress of yes. grievances. No, no, no. Okay. it's not that. It's, it's about, because um, no one's stifling your speech yet. Uh, but there is an aspect of curbing religious belief. Right. And, and there's, a, of course, a, an aspect of freedom of association, like we just said. So that, that's going to be a big problem. Um, but people are, are totally jiggy with destroying our very foundation of, of America, or at least our constitutional values. Uh, in the, for the sake of destroying this coronavirus. And it's not cool. It, it, it is not only not cool, but it is unconstitutional. Now, because I've talked to a lot of my lefty friends about this, and I, I, I posed it just like you did. Like, a, there are a lot of things out there, for example, telling us that we need to stay in our homes and requiring us to stay in our homes. Isn't that a form of imprisonment? And telling us that we can't work, but, but specifically that we can't leave our homes. Uh, that, to me, is uh, a wrongful imprisonment. Yeah, it's false imprisonment. Yeah, it's- so, so that's a, that invokes a constitutional question. And the answer to that from them is that, uh, no, it's a clear, compelling state interest, in this case, to stop the coronavirus and to for the better health. We're talking about life and death here, Barack, and so therefore it's okay. No, it's not okay, because you can say the same thing when it comes to Uh, arresting people that you know probably did it, right? And you can say it's a compelling interest. Let's say there's a child molester, in fact, a child killer out there who rapes and kills uh, uh, kids all over the place. And he's doing, uh, I don't know, he's killing five kids a day. It's horrific. That's how bad it is. And then, um, but, you know, you've got some evidence. You've got really good evidence, and it's clear. But, you know, there was police tampering with some evidence, and therefore we can't allow it, uh, but we still know that he did it. you know why not argue that well it's a state compelling interest to avoid the death of these you know, of, of children in the future, and we need to stop this crazy man. Um, no, of course not. We would say that's, that this still violates the Constitution. Why wouldn't this be the same thing?
1: The OJ case proves that. everyone yeah. knows he did it yeah. but did the did is there a possibility some of the evidence wasn't collected perfectly? Yeah, right. Right, right. Right? So, so, so those kind of things happen all the time, and we don't fry the guy we know
0: did it. That's right. Okay, so well said. Now, look, there's another point that you brought up, Ari, and I like it a lot. It really it brings out the power hungry, right? This is an opportunity for a lot of otherwise powerless leaders to now say, hey, look, I'm the mayor of this town, I'm the mayor of the city, I'm the governor of the state, and now just watch me. And, and it's a power grab. It's an opportunity. In the name of saving lives, they get to impose incredibly uh, horrific restrictions that you would never think just six months ago were feasible.
1: Yeah, basically Sharia law. I yeah, mean, b- exactly basically.
0: Right. Exactly. So you can only go out under these circumstances with a family member, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, with facial covering, you're right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very weird, the whole dynamic. And there's also a lot of Orwellian doublespeak. Uh, yeah, on. social distancing. We're alone together. That's <laughs> yeah. the one that drives me absolutely I
1: know. I effing know. crazy. But,
0: but, but, so get back, getting back to the power aspect of it, uh, there are not just uh, mayors and governors, but also you have just people who are experts. Yeah. Uh, you know, suddenly they are the gods uh, that, that are supposed to tell us what's what. Right. The med- you're talking about the, like, the county medical, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. Health, health yeah. Uh, officer. On my radio show last Sunday... Uh, I took in a disagreeing call, which I'm happy to take. And the guy, first, right out of the gate, he said, you don't know what you're talking about. Because I was talking about we need to factor in the numbers here and the risks and the, the death rate and such. like I was talking statistically. And he goes, what the hell do you know, Dr. Lurie? Uh, of course, I'm not a doctor. He's being facetious. Uh, and you're just a lawyer. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, okay, only doctors are allowed to opine about you know the utter destruction of our economy, right? Because this involves a medical issue, uh, you know how viruses uh, propagate and spread. Therefore, they get to make all decisions regarding our our whole effing economy, right? That's that's the standard. Okay, so what about what about firemen? So if a fireman uh, there's a risk of fire, they get to control our economy too. They get to tell us, hey, we we got to destroy all buildings. Uh, because they're not necessarily compliant with the way that we would like fire codes to be Well, compose. they
1: they kind of actually blew through that last year when they started shutting down power. Yeah, because of thing. a fire. Oh, yeah. there might be a fire. Lights out.
0: Right. exactly. Right? So, so the same sort of thing. But of course, the the they never stop to think. Like, oh, how about this? Uh, I, I'm I'm st- almost a, a statistics expert. Okay, me, myself. But I also know a hell of a lot of the economy. I'm an economics major. I, I went to business school. I, I majored in economics over there as well. Uh, I know stuff about the economy, and I know how it can be destroyed. And I also know the impact through history uh, of what happens when you have a depression. Okay? It's called World War II and the Holocaust. None, none of those things, neither of those, those things would have happened but for the depression that preceded it. Okay? So we need experts not only in medicine, but we need experts in um, economics and history to see the consequences of these things. Yeah, and the law, because these are doctors
1: making decisions about law enforcement. Yeah. Right? And plus, <laughs> lawyers actually make the best doctors. You know why? Because lawyers, many of them, spend their time suing doctors and winning. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> Hello. Well,
0: there, are, there are many lawyer doctors. I mean, they, they, they have both degrees in both, and they're actually very impressive doctors. Just like you said, you'd be surprised. But yeah. You'd be surprised how right you are in that department. Yeah, I wasn't joking. That was no, uh, I know, was, I don't know. You know. Anyway, so it brings out, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the cockroaches when you turn the light on, right? Boom, they all start scattering. Well, there they were, the cockroaches. And who are the cockroaches here? The power hungry, the ones that see an opportunity, to, to feast. On panic. Yeah, Mayor Garcetti. Yeah, yeah, Garcetti's a good example. Uh, He is almost gleeful whenever he reports the latest uh, crazy rule that he's going to impose upon everyone else. He's gleeful when he starts talking about more deaths coming on. Look, you may think I'm exaggerated, but this is my opinion. As he's speaking, he sounds as if he's enjoying. Uh, relating this information because you know he's the mayor after all, and we're all waiting for his wisdom and his leadership. Uh, I'm certainly not. Uh, I think he's gone way too far, and uh, it is some of the the rules that he's imposed are very very bizarre.
1: Yeah, these are not even effective. No, they're, and this is where we get into, if you will, NC17 territory on the show. I'm not going to use profanity, but I'm going to say something a little um, prurient. I perceive him. Being sexually aroused by what he's saying, there's a there's almost a perverse, uh, carnal excitement in the man that you can see, which is uh, frightening. You know, there there's people who are power hungry, and then there's people who get off on it. And he's an off getter, wow. kind of thing. If you notice, no, I understand. They're, there's they're almost people... like a, you know, don't worry, this isn't mandatory, but it's an order. They, Don't worry. We're not, not using law leaders, enforcement. There are some leaders but please who, on your destroy
0: power for the sake of power. And they, in and, and the same way, I, look, I know a billionaire that his whole focus in life is, is gaining money. It didn't matter how much money he had. It was just his game. It was his agenda. It wasn't so much power that he wanted. He want, but, and with money came a lot of power anyway, which he then turned to make more money. But money was his game. There are other people that just simply seek power. And they, you know, money is secondary to the power that they seek. So your point is a well taken one. I I think whether it's a sexual thrill for them or just the nature of loving power, who knows? And frankly, who cares? The point is that this is an opportunity for a lot of people. Here's another thing that I've noticed that um, brings, it comes out during this crisis. You you really, like I said, like my mom said, uh, you really bring out a lot of the, you, it re, It reveals a lot about a person's character when they go through a crisis, and the other thing that they it, is that comes out is the sense of logic that they don't have <laughs> yeah it's really, it just it you talk to these people and they you just try to ask them basic questions like uh shall we destroy this economy? are there consequences all the things that we talked about suicide, alcoholism, spousal abuse, child abuse. Uh, to say nothing of losing all the jobs and everything else and whether or not they, that will lead to extreme poverty in America and then, of course, even more extreme poverty throughout the world, which depends on the American economy.
1: Or if we have
0: hydroxychloroquine, why are we doing all of this? Right. So it works. All, the, all the logic yeah. is thrown out the window and you try to reason with them. And, of course, I mean, we're not used to reason from the, from the left anyway, but it really comes out now because their mantra has been We've got to stop this at any cost, and we should all be on board with just shutting down the entire frigate economy, regardless of the number of people who might die from this. Yeah, step. stop the spread, flatten the
1: curve, alone together, social distance. All, and it becomes a, a word salad, a salad bar
0: of politically correct trites. Oh, I love that. That's I mean, fantastic. oh my God. You're right. And it gets to the point where, even if it's only 500 people that might die from this process, obviously we're way past that at this point, but let's say in the beginning we're only 500 people, People, I think people wouldn't even acknowledge that as a small enough number that we don't need to shut down the entire economy. Uh, every life is precious. Every life is meaningful, of course, except when they're aborting those lives, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they don't really give a crap about this. It's They're using as a pretext to shut down the economy.
1: Yeah, it's her choice, unless she wants hydroxychloroquine, right?
0: right exactly. Oh, good point. Yeah. Here's another example of of how it really brings out, especially the Democrat Party and from the leftist base, the fact that they want to perpetuate this disastrous economy or the shutdown of the economy. Yeah, as long as possible. As long as possible. And I'm very confident, Ari, that they are totally willing to set a firm date to restart the economy. (laughs) November 4,
1: 2020. No, 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 no. January 26, 2020. What? The uh, day of oh. Why do you why do you know I'm, the I'm correcting you so it has to be the day Biden takes office.
0: It doesn't matter for them because they want to say November 3rd is the election date. Okay, here. right, but it's one of those dates. The thing will, been, will have will have been established. That's the point. And um, Biden, you know, in their fantasies will become president because of this uh, crisis. And they'll blame Trump, and, and therefore they'll vote for, for, for Biden. That's the theory, at least. So November four would be totally jiggy with that being their deadline. All of a sudden, but anything before is just well we, unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. We've got to go as far as possible. Uh, and of course, you know, in your mind's eye, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, wait a minute. You know, it, it should only last a couple months at most because, because summer, <laughs> summer. You know, the virus only has a certain life lifespan." and then there's something called herd immunity, and then there's a chloro- hydrochlor- hydrochloroquine and other vaccine opportunities. It, it, you get the idea. And uh, at some point, people get, go stir-crazy in their, in their homes, and they've got to stop this madness. Uh, but no, no, the logic is just not there whatsoever. And, you know, I, I wrote an article recently at townhall.com. And, and uh, by the way, uh, All right, your input and your wife's, your beautiful wife's input into the article. Why do you keep calling her beautiful? Because <laughs> she's beautiful. You're not. I just, I, you know, I'm just, I you're call such it like I Sure. I call strikes and balls as I see. Yeah, you're the one who uses glasses. <laughs> you're a funny man. Anyway, yeah, so I'm thanking you both for your you're input. You're welcome. I really do appreciate it. It was very helpful. You uh, infused a good deal of humor into it, but also a great articulation. The point is that, that I brought... Was um, you know, When I raise, I think, a logical point, which is that the whole point of a, of a war, if you want, you want to call this a war, is to preserve your way of life, not to destroy it. Right. It, know, it, the
1: main thesis I thought was so strong that you made was in a war, you sacrifice a huge amount to save what is most precious. Save, you sacrifice lives. To save what is precious, your right. way of life, yes. Right, and that and that human life is less important than the principles for one to live under going forward after those lives are lost or in, in the course of their loss. Correct. See, you don't destroy our lifestyle
0: to, to protect okay. some life. <laughs> right. That's the, exactly opposite. the opposite. Yep, that's why I call it the opposite of war. Right. And it's very frustrating, and you try, try to articulate this. It, so,
1: and and the, 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 I, let me just say this, because I think this is highly, so highly complimentary of the thesis you came up with. It's analogous to saying to the Nazis, come on in, take over. We don't want to spend a single life right. in fighting right. it, you. Exactly right. Our you civilization doesn't You imposing count. your will upon us right. is a greater good than us losing a single life at Normandy Beach. Right. That's right. what we're saying here. Exactly right. Exactly right. And by the way, this is not Trump. This is Fauci and Burtz and all the lunatics in the medical field who are advising.
0: Yes. So back to your Nazi point, uh, that's exactly what it would be. We could easily have, as a nation, back in the 40s, said, listen, let's just let the Nazis come in. They are too powerful, not worth losing even one life because every life is precious. And uh, therefore, let's, let's just surrender.
1: Yeah, their uniforms are better. We're going to lose anyway. <laughs> the just uh, the fashion right, choices yeah. here. Fashion
0: statement. Brown yeah. is the new whatever. So, uh, yes, exactly right. I mean, it, it, people don't stop to think like, well, what is war? What, do you, what are we hoping to accomplish here at the end of the day? We, we know what the, the left is really using. They're, they're using it both politically from a standpoint of hoping to defeat Donald Trump. They know that they have very little shot at beating him. Secondly, uh, this is an opportunity to reshape civilization itself, right? Just burn the mother down, as it were, and then we get to reimagine our civilization all anew. Isn't this so wonderful?
1: Right. We can all dream as dreamers
0: do. Yes. And and let me elaborate on that a little. And and that's another thing. I want your elaboration Mm -hmm. in a moment. But it's another example of how a crisis like, like this reveals what's what.
1: Oh, of course and and the the elaboration is this what way i look at it is it's been a slow steady <laughs> meaning totally uh, abrupt 3 weeks of getting americans used to not having any of their constitutional liberties yes none yeah so that in 4 or 5 weeks more americans are completely accepting of the new normal of never having constitutional rights again and imagine all of the tripes and tropes and memes the left throws at us, the wrongest throws at us, and has thrown at us over the years, that they would have the exact same justification for re-implementing these, if you will, war communism, that's what they called it in the Soviet Union at the time, measures in the next crisis. Global warming imposed the war communism. We don't want to, but we have to again. Someone used the wrong pronoun. We better impose the war communism again. Yes. You know, I get it. I get it. a turtle chokes on a straw. We better reimpose the measures again. Everything and counts. each time you do it, the population gets more and more used to it and more and more, as they see it, more and more
0: accepting of it. This is the problem. Uh, and your point is a good point. Uh, and I want to raise two points about that. First of all, uh, this is the problem where you do not see uh, you don't balance things at the end of the day. You always have to balance. Life is a balancing game. Every time you go in the car, of course, there's a risk that you might die in a horrible crash. Uh, there's every time you go on an airplane, same thing. Every time you go on the street, you might be raped or mugged. You know, I, all sorts of things can happen. Um, and you can also, when you get in an elevator, you might get sick. All the, all the things that can happen in life that throws your way. But now uh, in the never-ending quest to make sure that nothing bad ever happens, they get to say, well, this is so important to us that we get to impose whatever rules we want. That's point number one. Point number two is, <clears throat> and I'm not equating this to what the Nazis did in the 30s, uh, culminating with Kristallnacht. Okay, but let's remember that the Nazis uh, went, you know, slowly, not even that slowly. They, they made more and more onerous laws restricting Jews and other minorities in Germany uh, so that they couldn't... Um, have jobs in certain areas. They couldn't marry uh, non-Jews. They couldn't, uh, you know, live in certain areas, and so forth. It became more and more onerous, so that every week it was just one extra humiliation, birth. one extra humiliation. Yeah. And and that's, I'm not saying that Garcetti. Uh, well, I I'm saying that because I I, I, I perceive. I, I, know, that. I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm not saying. Uh, that Garcetti is seeking the uh, you know, the, the wholesale incarceration of, of any group of people, uh, such as conservatives, for example, or at least outspoken conservatives like you and I are. Uh, but I am saying that it is a form of setting the ground so that they can uh, have justification for ever greater power grabs and ever greater uh, changes in our social structure. Uh, whether that in- involves uh, all the bike lanes and getting rid of the cars and, and everything else. Uh, that, that's the logic behind it. And it's, it's very concerning. Here's another thing that I think is coming out in this process. Uh, it's the blame America first crowd, right? Um, that's on steroids now. Look what happened when uh, Trump correctly said, uh, we need to restrict all flights from China. This is back in late January and uh, he was called a racist and such. Okay, well, then now people recognize that that was a good decision, but they still want to call him a racist. So when he says that this is a Chinese virus, then they get all upset about that uh, because it's racist somehow, but it did originate from China. That We, we know that. Um, and then uh, they can't lay blame on China for the... Obvious negligence, at the very best, the, the extreme negligence. Yeah, they won't blame China
1: for anything. They not well, a damn thing.
0: Then, <clears throat> Fauci just recently, and I, you know, it's one of those clickbait things where you says, you know, uh, Fauci, the, the expert doctor uh, who opines a lot on this subject, um, says this is this thing will should no longer be practiced going forward, right? So you click on it it's like, what is he talking about?" So in my mind's eye, I'm thinking that he's about to say, those wet markets in China, you gotta shut that crap down okay that's right I, that's what I would think or uh, we, we've got to um, or so- manu- or
1: having those labs where you manufacture weird uh-huh. Uh, what are they called chimera viruses? Yes, exactly. That, were, that do God knows what,
0: right. you know? We, we How about you stop that research? What's got, that for? We've got to ban all bio w- warfare And in and, and the same way they called for the end of nuclear armaments, let's ban the bios. And now whether we succeed on that, that's another story, but at least call for it, right? So you would think that's what thought you would say. So I click on it, and what did it say? It said, we need to stop our practice of shaking hands. Oh, I was going to guess that. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I know. So, so, and it's so
1: convenient because what are we supposed to do? Become like China and bow? Is, is I mean, is perhaps, that what we're? Yeah,
0: <laughs> do the elbow thing or whatever. Yeah. And elbow by the fist. way, I'm or, or, or good
1: or the... with that because I don't want to touch anyone
0: ever. So okay. fine. So you know. So then it could be the fist bumping thing, whatever it is. But the point is, it's blaming America first, right? Like it's somehow the onus is now on us. This is the thing. No, no. What you need to do is stop the effing wet, wet uh, markets, first of all, because all these exotic animals, animals that we, no, bus- no human has any business eating, uh, and the dangers associated with the cruelty to those animals and then, of course, exposing us to all those viruses that do jump from animals to humans. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's a far more, you know, you nip it at the bud, right? You nip it at the source. It's like, it's like um, trying to get rid of weeds by, you know, cutting off their leaves instead of getting to the roots. You've got to get to the roots. That's where it started. Don't do not do this nonsense where you, you say, well, let's not shake hands. I, I understand you've got to be careful about uh, contact with human beings, but you know what? This contact is what makes us human beings in the first place.
1: Right, and again, you know, you look at the measures that would have done 99% of the good, okay? There are three of them, basically. No more stack-and-pack housing normal public transportation, and wash your goddamn hands after you touch anyone. Right. Soap and hot water, people. That's very That would have been... uh, That's enough for 90% of anything anyway. So why don't we just implement that first, see if it works, and then start banning beach walks?
0: Yeah, you're so right. You know? You're so right. And it's... it's, um... Anyway, like I said, it's like it's like cutting off the leaves of a weed instead of going right to the source. Right, and and part but of wait, the- wait, 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 wait. I just want to I want to move on to the next point. That the point is that Fauci is an example of somebody who wants to blame America first, uh, because for whatever reason, I don't even know what his politics are. But nevertheless, you know what he should have been saying is, China, cut that crap out with the wet markets at the very least, and for that matter, any country that does these wet markets. We need to evaluate that. It, it, you know, China is a very dirty country. It, it, despite the fact that it is becoming an economic powerhouse, it still has a tremendous amount of poverty associated with it, and it does things that are really uh, bizarre. Yeah, there's and a large not clean. And there's if, a large underclass
1: there that doesn't practice modern hygiene. Right. hygiene to is, say the to, uh, to stay away from all, say, culturally biased sounding statements. Right.
0: Now, speaking by culturally biased. So what he didn't say, Fauci, he said, "Don't shake hands." But what do the Europeans do when they greet each other? Right? They they do the they kiss, uh, kiss on the cheek kiss, three times. Uh, you know, depending on what country you're in. Right? In France, they will they, kiss each other three times on the cheek. You know, that's far more um, inviting of germs than shaking hands. Far more. Uh, and you're actually your face is actually closer. For,
1: Hell, that's that. almost so much more filthy than even a wet market. Right. For all we know.
0: And and the, yeah, good point. The other thing is, you know, Fauci says nothing, about, I mean, about the STDs in this world, that there are 350 million new cases, new cases of four major sexually transmitted diseases, STDs, per year, per year. And that, of course, is as intimate as it gets. Uh, and, you know, people are just, you know, Hopping in the sack right and left, that's far more inviting of not just STDs, but every other kind of disease as well. Uh, What do you think is going on, Uh, Dr. Fauci? What what do you think? Well, do you know his background at all? Why not encourage people to be circumspect, not only of what they eat and the cleanliness associated with the eating and how they should wash hands, but also to reconsider the rampant sexuality that's going on in our world today. How about that? These are, I mean, all he does is focus on the handshaking when, in fact, you should be looking at a much bigger picture. This is an opportunity, my
1: friend. Well, I think the social distancing covers a sort of abstinence by proxy. I I
0: understand. But this is is an opportunity to look at the way we do things, at least from a social structure point of view. And one of the things that we can now learn from it is, gosh, that whole Christian way of doing things, that whole Jewish way of doing things where uh, cleanliness is godliness, right? We Jews were really big on cleanliness, uh, you know, thousands of years ago when other, when doctors were still delivering babies without washing their hands whatsoever. And then surprise, surprise, the babies were dying. <clears throat> um, and and when we were, we Christians and Jews were espousing, um, Fidelity in our marriages and uh, not to have prom- promiscuity when it comes to sexuality. These were good things. These prevented these massive diseases, not just sexual diseases, bind you, but diseases like this that we're talking about. Okay? It's this promiscuity, this, this notion of nothing matters and you can do whatever you feel like. That's what, what, what has led to this at the end of the day. And assuming that it's a it's a wet market situation where somebody ate a bat that was in turn or or a pangolin that that was bitten by a bat or whatever, the 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 cruelty to the animals um, that were that's involved. And you know I'm vegan, so I'm not I'm not espousing veganism through this, but I am espousing uh, the notion that we need to be very circumspect when we are dealing with the eating of animals.
1: Well, yeah, there's a certain hygiene and there's a certain. Uh... Humanity about how the animal is raised, husbanded, and dispatched—that is important. Right. And as a meat eater, I can tell the difference between good-tasting meat and bad-tasting meat. If there's too much stress on the animal, oh, good point. Okay, good point. you know the, the best meat is handled humanely. The worst meat <clears throat> has all that extra gamey, fishy flavor that certain savage peoples around the world seek because they like that rotten right. taste.
0: And to your point, that comes your from point, the stress. The reason why the the, the Kashrut laws. Uh, not only are you not allowed to eat certain kinds of food like pig and shellfish and so forth and certain combinations of food, but also you are the, the, the meat that you do eat, especially chickens and cows, uh, must be slaughtered in a very humane way compared to the way it's slaughtered in other countries. Uh, and, and you talk about the stress aspect of it. And precisely because we understand that there is a... There, there should be structure and there should be standards in the way that we treat animals. It's just, it's only right. And again, and I, and I'm a vegan. I, I, I love the kosher laws for that very reason because they understand, at the very least, that there is some sort of standard that you should live by, other, lest there be a disaster uh, in your hands. And very few people are talking about this aspect. Aren't yeah. Well, they? so they're like, talking. They're, they're. Taught, yeah. they're, they're You know, the the recklessness of the wet markets, again, assuming that the virus came from a wet market, but nobody's talking about that other than to say, well, that's that's where we think that it came from in the first place. But where's the clamoring to say, cut that crap out? Yeah, well, well, cut that crap out, rest of the world and focus on doing things in a more clean way.
1: Yeah, well, just, I think we can get rid of the wet markets as the explanation. The virus came from a lab. I it, think it did. so, too. But it, 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 but, did, it did. But, but, it's but, but, been, but,
0: I, but that's, I'm not going to, I'm saying, assuming that the, it came the, from a wet market, and that's the, yeah. the thesis, you would think that Fauci and many others like him would say... Would okay, go after that, yes, yeah, of no course. And, and it, the
1: part to that point, it's a screaming silence that the animal rights people in this country... Have fallen completely silent on Great that. Great
0: point, fantastic. I mean,
1: point. you know, W where to that, the F. Where the
0: hell is PETA? Right? Yeah.
1: Well, they're yeah. obviously they're too busy slaughtering our ASPCA, own dogs. Right? I like yeah. the
0: ASPCA. Right. Uh, compared to PETA, at least you know. Right. But the PSA, point is, ASPCA. it's
1: it's so amazing how, for political convenience, people f- fall away. It, we've talked about this dynamic before. Where's the Sierra Club attacking the city of Los Angeles for homelessness yeah. and all that litter? We can't use a straw, but the the streets are filled with garbage, and it gets washed into the ocean because of the bums everywhere. Right. And and Sierra Club is silent, Bay Keepers are silent, Surf Rider Foundation silent. We've seen this before. It like your original thesis point of this episode: when the pressure comes out, it reveals the true character, and we see, oh, I get it. They're pro leftist, anti conservative. They're not for the animals or for the environment. Yeah. But to the origin, and I think this is important, we know now there's enough that shows it came from a lab. The wet market uh, is a separate vile issue, and other diseases and have come and will come from the wet market system before and in the future, and it needs to be eradicated now for that reason and the inhumanity
0: Obviously. Right. Benghazi was a riot that was prompted by a video. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. El Dora. Right. So this same virus
0: was, uh, was an unfortunate circumstance of a wet market. Uh, no, we know that, you know, that Sunday. Where's where Susan Rice, by the way? She, she should come on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, saying my It was God. a mar- wet market, and it was not a. It a was bio, a
1: protest gone a bio wrong.
0: Bio yeah. yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thing here. And, and we're being played. I, I agree with you about that. Uh, but people, you know, w- what I love about. This situation, this may be where we should wrap it up, is that it really does bring out the crazy. It brings out the, the, the truth of the way people think.
1: Yeah, and, they're and, real attitudes, yeah, as you but, say. But
0: posting the things that I posted, where basically I'm saying we really ought to balance out the disaster to our economy versus the lives we think we're saving. Uh, and and that, to say nothing of the, the math involved in this, of things Jeez. like fractions, people don't seem to understand what a fraction is. Um, we really ought to balance this out. And the, the level of uh, bile and, and vile bile, as it were, coming from uh, my so-called friends. I mean, really, not just strangers out there that disagree with me. That's one thing. I expect that. But from friends of mine, lifelong friends. That are saying such vicious things in response to to me that uh, how cold hearted I must be. Yeah, for for
1: just asking the questions. Just that you a freaking
0: question. Yeah. Um, and and then I, I and I I have to rephrase, not rephrase, I repeat what I said in the posting. Uh, uh, Bob, I'll just call him Bob. Bob, did you read it? What well, here's what I'm saying. We're going to balance this out, and and they ignore it altogether. And I don't know about you, Ari, but. I find myself spending about 80% of my time when we're in discussions with people we disagree with, telling them what I didn't say, telling them what I am saying. I'm just it's really remarkable. Right, it's like dealing with people
1: who don't speak English, right? Yeah, but but
0: but, like, you, but they say that I'm saying these things
1: that I didn't say. Well, of course. It's what I've said before, okay? Most people know what they know about conservatism from non-conservative that's sources, that, that's right? right. So when point. they hear a, a conservative point. actually saying something conservative, they have to translate it into the non-conservative source language, and it it, it causes short circuits in their brains. Right. Now. I'm at a disadvantage to you in this regard because, as you saw my T-shirt, I was kicked off Facebook permanently, so I haven't been in – I'm not in the game anymore,
0: right? Pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> good I, for I, a social I, media consultant. You know, I use Facebook precisely, maybe for different reasons than other people do, but to me, it's the great um, warehouse of idea exchanges to see at least where people stand on the issues. Yes, right? And I I think Facebook is better than Twitter and a lot of other social media platforms in terms of allowing people to speak their minds. Uh, It's not perfect by any means, but nevertheless, I get to speak my mind and and I hear people's responses to it. So you get the sense that you get the the pulse of the nation in terms of its response to this or that issue. One of the other things, and and this is really where I'll, I'll wrap it up, is, you know, I thought that math is universal. Right? I, oh, please, math is racist. That math That's is so ab- racist. Ab- Subjective, the number. You, you know, unlike letters. You're so, unlike, hold on, you're so transphobic. Continue. <laughs> unlike letters, unlike words, uh, which are different from culture to culture, from nation to nation, and so forth, numbers are the same, right? We all live in a base 10 civilization, whether it's East <laughs> or West. And not only that, but we use the same symbols to reflect the number two, for example. He's never five.
1: done Aztec math.
0: <laughs> we don't use Roman numerals, even, right?
1: We, we, yeah, but we use Aztec math in the LA County Public School System. Yeah, according so. to
0: yeah. that, that's true. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, they, right. they, they discovered the, the number zero. Wow. Okay, right. Great. Sorry, I promised I would yes. distract. Therefore, you. Therefore, they're right. responsible there for all math of all yeah. time. But anyway, yeah, you're distracting a little bit here. But uh, look. People don't even know what a fraction is, as it turns out. You try, you try to tell them, "Well, wait a minute." Our, when they talk about the death rate, so to speak, why is the death rate greater in one nation versus another nation? It should, the, the virus shouldn't give a crap whether you're Italian or Portuguese or Chinese or American right, right? or a New
1: Yorker or a Los Angelino. Hey, I mean, it's, it's, hello,
0: your <laughs> chances of dying uh, upon being infected from this virus should be about the same. Uh, relative to your demographic, I suppose, as it would be for anybody else in your same demographic throughout the entire world. The virus doesn't care where you live or what your language is, okay? We we should agree on this, okay? But somehow the fractions are very different. The, The death rate is very different among the different nations. And it begs the question, why would that be the case? And the reason why, it's actually, you know, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. The simplest one is that um, some countries test better than others, um, and some people are only basing their numbers upon the, the people who actually arrive in the hospitals and then seeing who dies among those who arrive in the hospitals. And if you do that, the latter, then your death rate, your fraction is going to be much higher than other nations where they test uh, and some people just stay at home and they, you know, there's no, there's no deaths as, as a result of that. All right, you and I could very well have had uh, coronavirus. It's been around for apparently for four or five months. Yeah, we in live country. in Los Angeles, which is the number one debarkation point of Chinese uh, travelers exactly from right. China. Exactly. So, uh, so we, we could very well have had it. And now we're, now we're taking measures. You know, it's like what it was, you know, locking the barn doors after the horses have left. Right. So that, that could be the situation. So we, we could very well have had it come and gone. And that's that. I mean, I, I I was at a uh, a conference with thousands of people before. Uh, I, I went to uh, sporting events. I you know. You were shaking you went, hands. Shaking hands. Went to a concert. I mean, there's there's a bunch of things we did. You think that the virus kn- knew to attack only when, when the nation decided to shut down? Of course not. I went to a restaurant and had a sandwich. Yeah, there you go. You know, goes. oh my God, that's the sandwich problem. Anyway, <laughs> you, you you. The point is that this fraction could be a much smaller fraction, it probably is, because if you and I were infected with it and didn't even know it, or we had sniffles and we thought it was a cold, we mistook it for a common cold, and now we're over it, well, then perhaps that fraction is a really teeny tiny fraction.
1: Yeah, and maybe perhaps we can go walking
0: on the beach again and playing golf again and go to work. And at some point, you, you should be able to turn to your lefty friends and say, okay, it now looks like the fraction Uh, In other words, the, the death rate is one out of a million, okay? Having done all the calculations throughout the world, and you actually kind of now have all the information that you've inputted, it turns out to be the death rate is one out of a million. Okay, can I go outside now, please? Yeah. Can I get my cappuccino? Can I do my work at Starbucks, please? All right, how about that? Can I shake hands now, please? Because when the risk of you dying from this virus is less than the risk of you dying in a car accident anywhere in America, then I think we've got, we've got the signal now to turn the economy back on. Please. All right? So it, it shows uh, that that's the last of all the things that this coronavirus has exposed. The, the inability of people to simply employ basic, not only logic, but basic math, and specifically fractions. They just don't understand it. They don't know what a denominator is. They don't know what a numerator is, for that matter. And they really ought to. My friends, this really has, we are going through the unprecedented times, as they say. It's (laughs) the funkiest of all times, right? We will, of course, remember this for decades to come. And for that matter, all of us who are still living, uh, you know, 50, 60 years from now, will remember this time. And uh, it will reveal uh, you will have to look back and say, how did I act in response to this? Where was I in the great war against the coronavirus?
1: Or I think what you would rather say is the great war against reality.
0: Okay, so like I said, right. uh, I was going to have a nice little jumping-off point there, all right? but nevertheless. But the question is, where, where were you? Where, where did you stand during the great fight against the coronavirus? Were you reasonable? Were you cool-headed? Did you think, or did you act hysterically? That's going to be the dividing line, and people will be able to look back and say, "How did you react? No differently than how did you react when Hitler came to power? Were you somehow afraid of him, or were you willing to fight him? Did you, were you willing to make the sacrifices that were necessary?" I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.